I'm Lindsay with Wild Root Flower Company. And I'm Shannon from Bloom Hill Farm. Over the last six years, we've leaned on each other as we grew our farms into the profitable six-figure farms they are today. We want you to join us each week as we have real, honest conversations about life and business. And we promise you'll leave feeling inspired and your farming toolbox will be filled with actionable strategies you can implement at any stage in your business. Learn from our mistakes as we talk business, marketing, and growing techniques to help you create the farm of your dreams. So let's roll up our sleeves and get the dirt on flowers. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of The Dirt on Flowers. Uh, So Shannon, Mm -hmm. the Tulip Gate saga continues. (laughs) I can't. I can't with it. I know. I am over it. I (laughs) went to harvest today, which I've been watching these Columbus tulips. We have like Mm -hmm. about a thousand of them and they've looked great. And then all of a sudden they're just melting basically. So I have tulip fire. It's like... I'm ready to set it all on fire. All of it. <laughs> what causes just, tulip fire? I don't know much about that. It's, Do you um, know? Yeah, I Is, think it's a bacteria. Like a fungus? Oh, bacteria. No, I think it's bacteria and I think mm-hmm. it's uh, it's soil-borne. And we – I'm really surprised that we have it too because we rotate. Mm-hmm. So that's the biggest thing with tulips. Yeah. So right. if – you are new to tulips, you need to rotate them. Like that's mm-hmm. the thing with them. Unless you're leaving them in the ground and they're coming up, it's a different story. But mm. they just are – they have a lot of disease issues. And so just very I, – I don't really even know anymore with the tulips yeah. this year. I'm so scared yeah. for next year. But these are in a completely – I mean, these are 600 yards from anywhere that we even had them yeah. before. So yeah. I don't know. They're um, – oh, just uh, I just had to laugh. Like at this I point, know. it was – comical. Ring is hard. Yeah, it has been. It has Mm -hmm. been. I am going to throw the biggest 4th of July party ever this year. Like (laughs) just to get to 4th of July. Just be like, yes. Like summer. (laughs) I don't know. My sister, I was talking to my sister on the phone and she said she thinks there's something from a like an astrological standpoint, that there's oh. something going on for certain signs. Really? Right now I'm like, yeah, she said she said there's like something with this quarter that's going on. She's going to look it up and tell me because I am I need some sort of answer as to why <laughs> <laughs> this is happening to me. No. But yeah, I think if it, if it is in a quarter and it ends, I think we're coming out of it, right? I think we're moving yeah, to I mean, a new phase. Gotta, yes. Yeah. Yeah. That would be good. Yeah. That's what I'm hoping. So I've got our first, my first workshop of the season uh, flower workshop is tomorrow. My container oh, gardening workshop. Oh, like a workshop. design. Oh, fun. Mm-hmm. fun. Yeah. So I do container yeah, gardening. And, the itch. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I've done it every year because my I just I've done it for about 12, 12 years now or thirteen years. Mm. Um, where I just I go to a garden center and I host. I talk about container gardening and I talk about yeah, you know how they make their pots and then it's basically a little spiel and then they go out and they like grab their plants and they pot them up th- and stuff. It's really yeah. fun. A thriller, a filler, and a spiller. And a spiller. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> my sister my sister always says, isn't it like a grower and a shower? That's what my sister says. I'm like, no, I, I don't think we're talking about plants. Container. <laughs> container yeah, gardening. Really. Container gardening. Oh, my god. Uh, but yeah, it's fun. We we used to do uh, like three of them. And now we, just, we do one, like 60 yeah. people. A lot of fun. Mm, okay. That's good. You yeah. still doing your mud? You still doing your mud ball workshop? I the Kokodama workshop. Yes, <laughs> yes. mud ball. <laughs> Listen, this is for the insiders. The insiders know what we're talking about. Uh, My mud ball workshop. Yeah, no, we've come got on some- over. Amy to make a mud ball. 
<laughs> it has a plant in it. Come on. Okay, whatever uh, you say. Yeah. Listen. Don't don't be hating because they throw money at no, me like that. Okay? I think it's a I think it's adorable. <laughs> I've you just know. never heard of such a thing. Kokodama. We, we, we'll, sh- because- we'll share it on Instagram. You have to okay. we have to do a poll. A poll on if Instagram they know what about it is. if people know what this thing is. Yeah. Okay. Well, here, this is my horticulture well, let's world. Ask. We'll ask. Yes. We'll ask. Let's him. ask. Let's ask our guest. And so. I won't. Oh, yeah. We'll ask our guest. Mm-hmm. We'll ask her. Well, let's, we, we should just segue right in. We've got somebody <laughs> hiding back here and you guys don't even know it. We do. We uh, do. So today, well, should we just, we'll just announce you. Kendra, yeah. just tell them who you are. The most awkward <laughs> podcast introduction ever just happened right now. <laughs> No, it's all, it's, all, it's all good. My cat's also scratching at the door. So I'm Kendra Kennedy. Um, my husband and I, or my husband Chris and I, we run Dogwood Farms in Wisconsin, southeastern Wisconsin. So we're like zone 5, 5A. I really think we're zone like 4B, but it's fine. Yeah, you Michig- Michiganders, man. You've got some weather yeah. up there. Yeah. Oh, we're Wisconsin. Oh, which wow. is oh. <laughs> oh, my God. It's as if... I really know that you're in Wisconsin, but it's basically the same, isn't it? Really, what's well, a Michigander? It's been, it's been a Michigan, Michigan, <laughs> Michigan. Oh, oh my god, Kendra, don't mind us. We're like borderline delirious. Listen, we're recording in the <laughs> evening, folks. Okay, I'm oh drinking decaf coffee, and it's almost eight p.m. and we've been at it since seven. So, <laughs> holy cow. Oh yeah. My okay. Gosh. Okay, Kendra, do you know what a coca coca dama is? No, I have no idea what you guys are talking about. How did I miss this? Oh, it's a mud ball that you stick a plant into. Oh my gosh, it's like a soil block. It's a Japanese <laughs> style. Imagine a softball, a mud softball with moss around it, and you put a plant in it, and you wrap it, and you hang it. Okay, this is my, because I had garden center, horticulture world is colliding with my flower farming world. So I try to like make workshops interesting. And she, we recorded something with the insiders and she was like, what is this? It's a mud Your name even says Dogwood Farms, Wisconsin. I'm so sorry. No, listen, I mean, I lost my keys on the barn last week. So I don't, (laughs) we're... We're struggling. Aww. My favorite was when your keys were like hanging up on the barn. With yeah, my the- keys were. Yeah. Yeah. I went to the farmer's market. I worked the farmer's market this weekend and I had a customer say, did you find your keys? Because I said oh in there, gosh. I had another set of keys lost and it's like, yeah, I found them. And, you know, and he, and, uh, he said the level investment that we have in this farm is, you know, <laughs> it just trying to figure out he, he called he said something it's like uh that's funny hunger games or something like trying yeah. to it keeps you hooked it was funny but i'm like the things i put on there <laughs> but okay so kendra we just to like introduce you all now mm-hmm. to kendra i we met on instagram on the world of of instagram we've chatted um a little bit and then you came over to the podcast side mm-hmm. and you are an insider with us. Mm-hmm. And so we just wanted to chat with you today because I we think you have a great story and you have a lot yes. to share. And I think there's a lot of people in your exact position right now. Like you have a full-time job off the farm and you're still 
running a business, you know, and and getting your name out there and trying to do all of the things. I found you on Instagram before um, even you guys had created the the dirtbags, the insiders. I remember (laughs) seeing posts and being like, dang, this girl has it together. Like she's crushing it. She's crushing the Instagram. And then, and then I found out because you guys started the podcast that you guys had been working full time that whole time. And I, mm-hmm. I was just like, no, holy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I just couldn't even believe it. So, yeah. Yeah. So I, I know like everybody has this, this story like of how they got started. And it's like, oh, it feels like it's always messy and it's always like full of so much uncertainty. So tell us yours. I mean, how did you get here? And give us some details on your business, like how much you grow, what you do, sales outlets, all that kind of good stuff. Yeah, definitely. So um, Chris and I started Dogwood in probably technically 2019 was probably like our soft start year. We bought this farm. It was a total teardown. Um, we bought it in 2018 while we were still living in New York. Oh. Um, we've been together for like 10 years and we spent about five years out, out east. And yeah, so we were rehabbing the house. I This was right around the time where Florette was like starting to be mm-hmm. on social media. Mm-hmm. And I remember seeing her post and thinking like, wow, that's a thing. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I, I found her. I, I saw that. And I'm definitely one of those people where it's like, I decide to do something and I do it. So that's what happened. Mm-hmm. I mean, I wish I had like a more people ask me like, how did you get started? Like, no, yeah. that's literally it. I, I saw well, it and I was like, let's do it. What brought you to Wisconsin? We're from Wisconsin. Oh, so okay. So family. Area. Oh, okay. Did you so buy we the, the new farm like sight unseen or had you seen it before? Or what was the story there? Yeah. So we had been shopping probably for about two years to find like mm-hmm. the right property Mm -hmm. um we knew we wanted five acres we knew we wanted it within our like home county all those things Mm -hmm. and we got lucky we came home over christmas uh this property was in like one of those it's a fannie mae sales where it's like there's 10 days that you can buy this house otherwise investors can come in and buy cash and they would have torn it down Mm -hmm. oh crazy yeah yeah and this place has so much history i've i have old photos and i we know the woman who grew up here um as a little girl she's probably in her 80s now um so she's been able to come back and Aww, like, that's walk awesome. through the house. Oh, yeah. So it's just it's really neat to to have that piece. Um, mm-hmm. We still we still talk to her. So Aww. yeah, that's, yeah. Cool. that's awesome. So talk about a little bit about your business and like so you started in 2019. Like how like what are you growing? Like how much space are you growing on? Like mm-hmm. talk a little bit about just some of the you know some of the details of your business. Yeah. So we grow right now pretty intensively in about a quarter acre, and I would say it's about half perennials um, and then half annuals. Hmm. And we, like I know that in our bio, we say um, we're a regenerative flower farm at mm-hmm. our first season. We did not start out regeneratively. Um, we kind of discovered well, that. What, what like, does that mean? Like, yeah, so I just don't gonna... know what that means. Yeah. Yeah. So like, obviously when you're talking about um, organic, right, I think a lot of people understand mm-hmm. what organic means. It means mm-hmm. that you're not spraying synthetic chemicals. Um, you might be certified organic. So we've only always kind of grown organically, like without the chemical piece. Um, and then we kind of stumbled into Jenny Love. So mm-hmm. I, at that point, was looking at more of her design stuff. And then she started her No-Till Flowers podcast. Mm-hmm. And then it was like a chain reaction from there that winter. So I think that was winter. It must have been winter of 2020. We just started like consuming tons of information on regenerative agriculture, which means you're not tilling, right? So it's no-till. You're not using any synthetic fertilizers or like 
you know, fungicides, insecticides, any of those things. And then you might be using, you know, natural inputs as far as a farm. But really regenerative agriculture is the concept that you're taking care of the soil, like your stewardship, your steward of the land. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you're talking for like bigger, more conventional farms, you're talking about, you know, grazing animals on the grass. And it's just like a, a like almost a closed loop system. Right. Yeah. So when you're taking it to a flower farm perspective, it means that we're using a lot of cover crops. We're trying to keep living roots in the soil because that's like a really big tenet of mm-hmm. um, regenerative agriculture. So that's always our goal is we're kind of pushing more. Like when I see weeds, I'm kind of like, Meh, it's a cover crop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. At yeah. least there's living roots in the soil because I'd rather have that weed there than nothing. Yeah. Which, fair you know, it's a process. Mm-hmm. So Well, I know you're going to I want to jump back to what you're selling, but you first said the first thing you said was you're like 50% perennials, 50% annuals. And I think that's very Mm -hmm. uncommon because Mm -hmm. I don't think people really start getting into perennials until like much later. I think that's sort of like a later step that a lot of people do. And so what was that? Was that like an intentional decision or what kind of got you to that, got to that point? Yeah. So Chris and I knew that if we were going to be working full-time for a while, like we knew it was going to be a little bit of a longer game. We started intentionally building our perennial and a little bit of our woody pieces into our farm for to prepare for when we shift over to the farm full-time. Mm-hmm. So That's smart. I love, yeah. So I love Baptisia. So we mm-hmm. put in a bunch yes. of Baptisia plants. Love um, I love peonies. Mm-hmm. So we're working on getting our peony field moving. Those excellent cuts, but that take a little while to establish. Mm-hmm. Um, so we kind of started investing in those pretty early, you know, for more of that long game um, mm-hmm. idea. And then we will keep expanding our annuals slowly. So eventually we'll have more annuals than perennials, but for now it's kind of about a 50-50 split. Mm-hmm. Hmm. That's cool. I think when yeah. I first started adding perennials into, I was, I did it early on with my peonies. My Actually my first set I planted, I ended up having to move them and transplant them because of just like location. So has it worked out for you to have those perennials? Like, did you kind of Mm -hmm. have like your forward growth in mind about like where you wanted something with a permanent home? Mostly, I would say our first season, we started putting perennials like in kind of mixed in with our annuals. So I've kind of, you know, Mm. had to bite the bullet and move some of those. But we started, like, if you're looking at our field, the left side of our field, we really intentionally started that. We also, I'm a pretty visual person. So like, I always knew that I wanted it to look beautiful for agritourism, photography, those types of things. So we very intentionally planned out Mm -hmm. what our perennial rows were going to look like. Mm -hmm. And we've added a lot of flowering shrubs and trees and things like that just to make it a beautiful place where people Mm -hmm. are going to want to come and spend some time and just like feel connected. Very cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So where where do you generally sell your flowers? What are your business enterprises, sales outlets? What does that look like for you? Yeah. So it's kind of evolved over the last, I don't know, four years. This is, a, this is mm-hmm. our fourth like full-time season really. So at first we, it was mostly subscriptions our first season and we were even delivering and we kind of live in a rural county. It's pretty spread apart. You know, it's probably mm-hmm. 30 minutes from end to end of the county. So Right now, it's mostly subscriptions, but last year, we really made that shift when we were starting looking at our branding of like, you know, who's our ideal customer? What's going to fit with our life and our lifestyle? I would love to be able to deliver, but at this point, when Chris and I are both working full-time, we just can't take the time to deliver at this point. So we were really trying to make Dogwood a place where people wanted to come and spend time, where we could have their subscription pickups on the farm. They could bring their um, kids 
you know, pet the animals, take mm-hmm. a walk because we have a walking path around our five acres. You love that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then we have done our flower cart. So, and then we've done like the random small event or things like that. We don't really do weddings. People ask and I'm like, no. Yeah. <laughs> there are a lot when you're working. It is. A, yeah. Though they are a lot. It, I mean, yeah, it's, it's a lot. That'll when push you right over the edge. <laughs> the perfectionist in me like can't handle it. <laughs> yes. Listen so from true. two people who worked full time and did weddings. Did I weddings. Mean, yeah. The drain. Yeah. Holy. The other thing too with weddings is that <laughs> when we're we're regenerative, which means buying flowers in is not super sustainable. Like it's not mm-hmm. regenerative farming really is about like um climate awareness, you know, um mm-hmm. reducing climate change and those types of things on whatever scale you're at. So the idea of doing a wedding, I know that people are going to want specific flowers and I don't blame them. Like they're, mm-hmm. that's what they want to do. But for us, it doesn't really match our, our brand or our mission. Mm-hmm. So that was also another way where we decided like, no, I don't think that weddings are for us right now. Maybe when yeah. we're at the scale later where we can do all the flowers in house, maybe mm-hmm. yeah. but right now it's not. I just tell them what they're getting. Thing. They say, do you do roses? Yeah. And I say, no. I don't do roses. I don't have it. I made it a mission like two years ago, I think, to not buy a single rose in. Like, I won't do mm-hmm. it. And so this is, I think this will be my third season not buying a single rose. That's Because I, I kind of had the same thing. I was like, I looked at my bill, you know, for the wholesaler. I was like, holy cow. I mean, I know Shannon, we talked about it at the end yeah. of the year. We're like, what? Oh my what are we gosh. doing? So I, that was a huge chunk, a huge expense that I was able to cut out and just really save on. And it changed the style of bride we get and it's much more manageable now and found ways around it. But yeah, it's, it's, it takes a, just because naturally that's like something that a flower farmer could do doesn't mean necessarily that it fits. So you keep, and I, you're talking about your target market. Like I want to ask you about like, how did you decide on a target market and like, is this regenerative farming? Is this something that you're using in your marketing marketing to explain an education with that with that market? Like, do you think that's how you found your target market, or what do you, what do you think about that? So, I'm not even really sure how to answer this. So, I'm just gonna kind of do the best because I think when I was thinking about this question, um, it's like really our market found us, and I don't think that our regenerative practices have a ton to do with our target market, like. Mm-hmm. People don't necessarily understand how you grow. Like how I grow is important to me. Mm-hmm. And I do talk about it a little bit and I try to educate people, but it's not the biggest thing. I think Yeah. what draws our like ideal customers, I guess, to us. Um, we also, one of our big pieces is connection here, connection with Sugar Creek. Like we're very into local business and supporting just our local area. Mm-hmm. So I think a lot of people who come to us, that's kind of what they're interested in. They're interested in like, you know, finding the local spots and we're one of them actually one of the lead magnets that we made for this spring summer was a you know sugar creek is the area the area of the county that we're in and it was like our top 16 you know places in sugar creek because when you come out here it's like farm fields mm. right yeah like That's no cool. one knows what's out here but there's tons i mean there's a brewery out here there's a really a couple of really good restaurants there's um there's a bunch of other little farms that do different types of things. Like we're right across the field from um, a veggie CSA. So there's a lot of things out here that if you don't know, then you don't know. Mm-hmm. So that's a good idea. That's one of our funnels. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Somebody needs really to steal idea. that. <laughs> I know. 
You hear me in there? Somebody needs to steal that. It's a good idea. I like that. As long as you're not, yeah. you know, in Michigan, like as long as you're like not Kendra. in Sugar Creek, <laughs> Sugar Creek <Stop>. Michigan. Oh <laughs> my god! <laughs> no, I think it's great. I mean, no, it's okay. Um, I think people should steal it because it's it has grown our email list significantly. Yeah, yeah, especially because yeah. of that agritourism piece, you know, and like that. I think that's great that you're looking at like what you who your target customer is and who do you want to attract in your lead magnet on your you know to collect emails and on your website is something that will attract those people like it, of course you know if i was coming to your farm i'd want to know what else was in the area too i think that's great it's a really good a good tip so when you first started out what did you think your business was going to look like and then how has that evolved over time cuz we're always talking about like you know, we all start a lot of times for the love of growing and mm-hmm. the love of beautiful things. But then like all of a sudden we realize, oh, okay, I got to like run this like a like a real business and I'm not a grower. I'm also an entrepreneur. And sometimes that's like a hard pill to swallow for people. Some people yeah. are just staying in that in between unknown forever, you know, just trying to figure it out. So I guess how has that, that evolved for you? Because when I look at your social and I get to know you, I'm like, okay, this person is like educating her client. She's really like reach doing a lot of reels. Like, I guess, how has that evolved for you over time that way? Well, I love that you have that perspective because I don't know, sometimes I feel like on my social media, it's like the last thing, right? It's the oh. last thing you have time for, but it's the top of your phone. We all feel that way. Yeah. So that was nice. Thanks. Yeah, I think that you're right. A lot of people get into flower farming because they love growing, right? I think most people do anyway. Um, Mm -hmm. And that was true for me. Like I've been gardening since I was a kid. Chris had never really gardened before his family does. Like really, he started growing plants with me. So I kind of started teaching him when we were in New York. We started a little garden there. And then when we moved here, we've just been planting and planting and planting. It's been crazy. Mm -hmm. And probably maybe a year and a half ago, we reached that point of like, okay, well, we're getting pretty good at the growing part, right? Mm-hmm. It's our garden has enough flowers, but I still need the customers. So then it made me start shifting into learning more about marketing. And I mean, it's mostly marketing, like all the different types of marketing and mm-hmm. email lists and working on our website and all those different types of things. And for yeah. me, I love that piece, mm-hmm. right? I, I wasn't, I didn't know I love it. I mean, it's hard. I think I really like challenging things mm-hmm. and it is a challenge, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I remember feeling really like, lost. Like I should be there already. I should have figured it out. You know, when you're on social media and you're looking around at other people and you're like, man, they figured it out. They know who they are and you can see it through their social media and through their website. They have it all um, like one theme, one strain. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that was something that I, we probably really didn't zero in on until even yeah. this winter yeah. when I started, like something clicked. Mm-hmm. Well, it's funny because even when Lindsay and I started this podcast, we're like, okay, like what is the focus going to be? Because I mean, the mm-hmm. truth is you can Google like all the growing information in the world and probably get some sort of direction for your question yeah. in general. So that's why I always like, do we talk growing? Do we talk business? And the podcast is really like that perfect like combination we try to of like growing info and business. But like we have found even for us, and I feel like generally this is why like we have successful businesses is because the business focus, the business part was our focus. Like mm-hmm. that, that's what we saw our full-time job as. And then yeah. the other part of our job was growing. And okay. so even in, I know Kendra's a part of our Dirt on Flowers Insiders group. And in there, we're like really diving deep into that business side because we can find the growing info anywhere. And, and that anywhere. is the truth, you know? Yeah. And it's so yeah. variable to everyone's zones. I mean, every yeah. like little farm ecosystem looks different. 
Mm-hmm. To echo kind of what Shannon just said, it's like you have to focus on the business side. And I think that's the hard part about everybody that gets into this is passionate about it. They're passionate about growing mm-hmm. and the flowers and they're beautiful and and all of these things. But you have to at some point, this passion becomes super expensive. Yeah. You have to turn it into a business. And I know it's like, you've been with us on the insider since February, right? Like from the beginning. And so of all of the months and that we've had so far, like what is, what's been your favorite month and what's been kind of like your, your takeaway, your biggest takeaway from what we've shared in there? Oh, I like that question. Well, I guess I want to start a little bit with, with, just how helpful it has been. And I think that we were talking a little bit about this before we started recording, but I, it can be, it can feel really lonely and isolating when you're starting a business. Um, and if you haven't met other small business owners, let alone small farmers, it just sometimes feels like you're spinning your wheels and that maybe you should be moving faster or, you know, you should have things figured out. So being with a community of people, right. So, you know, having two, you know, farmers who have been there, and mm-hmm. and are encouraging to marigolds plus other farmers that are just start, starting to that was a, a big shift in benefit and i'm i'm thinking back at some of your different weeks so we we did a marketing that was one of them right mm-hmm. and then marketing. yes selling profit, was this month marketing. right what was yeah oh profit profit was a good mm-hmm. one too we've all been really good just helping look at your farm as a business, like focusing not just on that growing piece, because you're right. Like when you say the marketing is a full-time piece, it is. If you want to level and scale up your business to the point where it can support you, you have to focus on that piece. Mm -hmm. I think I've loved all of the topics for different reasons. And I think it's just that accountability piece, like having Mm -hmm. someone like lead you through step-by-step, okay, this is the point of the season. Like I noticed that you guys were going to do efficiency, but then that shifted to selling because we're at the start of the season. And that's really what we need to focus on right now is Mm -hmm. for anybody who hasn't sold before or is at the beginning of the season, kind of getting that nailed down Mm -hmm. and then efficiency can come later. Yep. I thought that was a really smart shift. (laughs) Yeah. 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 We're doing efficiency is actually going to be in May. Mm -hmm. So we're going to coming up. And um, I, I think that's, when we started this podcast, that was, we kept going back and forth. Like she said, Shannon said, just like, what do we want to talk about? But it was like, we just kept coming back to the business side of it because it is literally the thing that's going to keep you afloat in that, you know? And and I think what you kind of echoed a little bit too about like, it's been cool in the insiders to see everybody else sharing their ideas as well, you know, hearing yeah. their stories and people sharing things that that works for them. And, you know, even if it's not something that works for you, maybe, maybe it does for somebody else or it sparks an idea within you. And I think we've always approached the podcast this way too. Like we don't have all the answers for you. Like we're sharing how we do it and our successes and, you know, the, how we got to where we are. But I think, you know, anything we want you to take away from is just like a, a nugget of something to, to like not just take everything we say for gospel, try it on for yourself. And we want right. to give you the tools in that toolkit to kind of make those decisions for yourself. But yeah, that's uh, I'm excited for the efficiency month. I know. I, know. <laughs> I know I keep saying I'm so excited about it. Yes. I was just shifting back to, to um, you guys did mindset and I don't remember which month that was in, mm-hmm. but that's, that was, that's huge. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. paralysis by analysis is real, oh. man. Like yeah. <laughs> it is. So trying to figure out some of those core beliefs and some of those mm-hmm. core thoughts about like, okay, well, what's actually keeping me stuck right now? Yeah. I was telling, I was actually in my accountability group with some of the other girls and we were talking, I mean, just the reducing the isolation, right? 
Yes. Everyone else in the world right now is like, oh, look at this 70 degree week. It's so great and so beautiful. And I'm sitting here stressing because my ranunculus <laughs> are freaking out. <laughs> they are so um, not okay. Um, yeah. And not everybody gets that. But you get into a group with other people who are growing. They're like, yeah, man, it's not good. Yeah. So just having that, like reducing that isolation, but then also being with other flower farmers at the beginning of the season and like pushing through some of that mindset work, mm-hmm. that mindset piece is just so so important because I still get stuck I'm still like Mm -hmm. do I put my delphiniums in because what if it's the wrong spot what if I have to move them what if I'm not Mm -hmm. foreseeing something later um so then you just avoid 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 procrastinate Mm -hmm. procrastinate and then Mm -hmm. it's they're root bound you know you know yeah 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 I mean we're farming our minds as much as we are our fields (laughs) you know I mean truly I think there's the mindset piece shows up each month in the insiders in some capacity because mm-hmm. your mindset is what makes this thing work, you know, and takes some some resiliency to to yeah. keep it going. So, yeah. And everyone gets to a point in their business where they have to like take a cold hard look right in the mirror and be like, okay, like I'm the limiting factor. <laughs> in my business right now. And I'm not even talking about employees, but like me focusing on the wrong things. And like, I think the insiders is the coolest thing because it really is a group of people who have taken that hard look at themselves and thought, okay, I'm going to make this small investment each month to have some form of accountability. And I'm going to hold myself accountable to making this some kind of priority. And I think when Mm -hmm. you have that whole group, it's like, what is it called? Like group think or it's like it's like when everyone, the whole group gets together, like they everybody elevates basically. Mm-hmm. So it's nice. And even like the, the newer people, they have said a few things and I'm like, that is a good idea. So it's like all mm-hmm. these fresh ideas and people doing different things in different areas. It's it's just fun, honestly. Yeah. And I've been like, that is a good idea. You know, I've like some different things too. So and and it comes, it's like when that moment comes, it feels super hard. And like for me, it was like in the middle of a flower field and I'm like in the middle of the night with a headlamp on. I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm not doing this anymore unless it's going to be something. Mm-hmm. And so – and I had to figure that out. And I think it's yeah. nice that the whole group is just kind of trying to figure it all out together. So did you have like a pivotal moment like that, Kendra, where you're like, okay, <laughs> we we got to start making some money on this thing. Yeah. I mean, when you guys had the headlamp example, that was in one of your first podcasts. Mm -hmm. I mean, Chris and I had literally the night before been outside harvesting my headlamp. So it was just like one of those things where it's it hit home. And like, (laughs) yeah, Um, Mm -hmm. I don't know. I mean, I think, I think it was, I think it was the moment where it's like, you realize that like you are the limiting factor. Mm -hmm. Why isn't the business growing to the point where it needs to grow? And it, for me, for us, it came down to marketing. Like we were spending a lot of time growing and, you know, word of mouth and good of good, those good things. We had, we started having some of our ideal customers, but I realized like, okay, like we're not selling out every weekend, right? We need to get to that point where we're, we're selling more and mm-hmm. where is, why aren't we? And it was me, right? Mm-hmm. So like, I mean, Chris does a lot of the growing. I love the business side. That's just not his thing. He's really great at the growing man. He's gotten so into the Korean natural farming stuff and our plants are so happy. I love it. Mm, Um, But the business side is me and it was me not spending enough time like talking to my customers Mm -hmm. and, and just connecting with them throughout the season before the season and things like that. So that was probably the biggest, I guess, Mm -hmm. thought process that I ran into where I was like, okay, it's time. 
Mm -hmm. What was the biggest thing you did that you saw the biggest change with? I think it's email list, email marketing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I'm trying to remember, like I was listening to some podcast, I don't remember what it was. And we had just a a small email list, but I really started using email marketing last season. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you could, before that I had been trying to use social media to market and, you know, it wasn't having a lot of traction, but then I started using my email list and I would send out an email and then you know, we would be selling our cart out, right? People would be showing up and coming and things like that. So there's so much truth to it of having like, I know that I'm talking directly to this person, whereas in social media at this point, like it gets lost in the shuffle. Oh yeah. Right. It might hit. And I was talking about this in my other podcast, especially with Instagram. I love Instagram. It is my jam. Two things that are hard about Instagram. One, I, it's a lot of other farmers, right? Which Mm -hmm. I love. I love connecting with them on there, but they're also not my ideal customers and people I'm talking to. And two, I really went in and look, like dug into my data this winter. And I think at that point we had like, I don't know, 1,500 followers or something. But if you looked at the percentages, it was like 3% from... So we have two towns that are by us, Elkhorn and Delavan are within you know, seven minutes from us on either side. It's like 3% was from there, 2% was from Delavan, and then it was like everyone else was not local. So if you like... Did the numbers it was like i was talking to maybe like 75 people <laughs> yeah right if they were mm-hmm. seeing it yeah if they if were they seeing, were even it. seeing it yeah mm-hmm. exactly so maybe five maybe five yeah. local people said <laughs> yeah. you know yeah. so then it made me pivot and, mm-hmm. and shift and then all of a sudden i was talking directly to them through my email marketing and then i would have people responding to my emails yeah you know yeah that's great that's the goal mm-hmm. getting them to respond Okay, guys, hopping in here to tell you all about our sponsor, Heirloom Roses. Heirloom Roses has the cutting roses you need to help your farm grow. Now you can take 20% off any of their 900 varieties that are ready to ship. You're just a few clicks away from investing in the success of your own farm with Heirloom Roses' own root roses. Heirloom Roses understands small farming, managing a family business, and celebrating with every order that comes in just like you. Visit heirloomroses.com and take 20% off of your order of $100 or more with the code DIRT now through May 30th, 2023. Grow your business and your garden with the best own root roses at heirloomroses.com. Okay, guys, let's get back into the show. So I know you work full-time and most people listening to this podcast work full-time. So how are you managing all of this? Like what is your – give me like a a snapshot. What's your day kind of look like? Um, Because it's a lot to manage a business, a growing business and a full-time job. So give me the give me the down low. How you doing it? It is a lot. I'm not. Well, no, it was funny though. Like when you because you sent some of the questions last night, and Chris and I were sitting down, and I read that one aloud. And he's like, "You just don't. You don't manage at all." And he's not wrong. <laughs> yeah, like, there's some no, things you true. just have to yeah, go. Things have to give. Yes. Yeah. So now this season, our business, we both pretty much both work because I just took a new job. So we pretty much both are off the farm like seven to four. And then after four, so between four and probably like 10, we're doing some sort of farming stuff, whether that's seed sowing, harvesting. Chris is outside harvesting right now. Um, we also have animals, so we're doing chores and all those other things. But I mean, it's busy. It's exhausting. You know, you you go to bed at the end of the day and you're like, oh my gosh, I know I should send this email. And like, I don't know, half the time I don't. Half the time I put it off because you're just so tired, you know? Mm-hmm. But sometimes I do. And, and it's just like a one foot in front of the other process. Mm-hmm. Right. Not being afraid to just take that next step, not focusing on like this big, long journey, just focusing on like, what's my next thing? What is my next thing? Mm-hmm. And not everything's going to get in the ground. Not everything's yeah. going to get in the ground and not everything's going to survive in the tray. 
not everything's going to survive in the field. Like just mm-hmm. kind of taking that perfectionism aspects, at least for me mm-hmm. and just being like, yep, I paralysis by analysis. I just have to push through this mm-hmm. has been pretty, you have to get better at it. It's helped me grow mm-hmm. so much as a person. Well, yeah. I can tell you that even as a full-time farmer, not everything gets in the ground. Not everything <laughs> lives in the trays. <laughs> not everything happens. I mean, yeah. there is a, there's a level of you know, just sort of acceptance of that. And I think that's the sort of part of farming, but it's also, again, just finding, you know, finding ways to keep yourself in check and on a schedule and, and balanced and because um, it can happen even if this is your full-time gig. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Some seasons well, are better definitely. than others. Yeah. Every, I mean, every season I've looked back to men like, man, I don't know who January seed ordering or maybe like December seed ordering Kendra thought she was but she was freaking ambitious i'll tell you that yeah that's what i always think about my schedule i so i look at my yes. i do my calendar in january when i'm like super rested and like you know working six hour days and having coffee by the fire and i put the schedule together and now i'm looking at it and i'm like oh my god that who uh, who what rested soul put that on might even put a workshop on my birthday this year what I did? Hey, man, it's Christmas season. You gotta make <laughs> that money. True. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we'll party later. <laughs> so what's what's your kind of like end goal for like your like what are you thinking? You know, you want the business to be? Is this like you, do you see yourself still working? Your, you both you working your full time jobs and running the farm? Like, what, what are you thinking? I don't. I think someday we at least one of us will be here full time. And then maybe one of us will be part-time elsewhere. But I I mean, my ultimate goal is that we're both here full-time. And we plan to do a lot of that through the agritourism piece, right? It's very, it's a profitable piece. And then obviously we're putting in a lot of those perennials and all all of that plan for that like long-term gain, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. piece as well. But long-term we we do, we want to be here full-time. We love this farm and we love being in nature. I love our customers. Oh my gosh. Like mm-hmm. I feel so isolated in the winter, which is also a huge, mm-hmm. a cool part about the email list is because, you know, I get to talk to them throughout mm-hmm. the winter directly to my customers who are here all summer. And we just had our first pickups of the season last, last weekend. We did like tulip pre-orders and it was just so nice to see them again. So mm-hmm. someday I hope to be able to serve them full time, you know, open up our hours, have more events. Um, you know, it's just the dream. So do yeah. workshops for rehabbing our barn. Yeah. So I don't yeah. know if we miss this piece. Wait, what are your outlets? What are your sales outlets? I think we buzzed over that somehow. Mm-hmm. Like, so you're selling, tell me where are the ways that you're selling? Yeah. So we do subscriptions. So this season we're doing weekly and biweekly advice for newbies. Don't do monthlies. <laughs> yeah, It's uh, a lot to manage. And yeah. I found that they're, um, those are the those are not your ideal customers. They're not people who are um, super invested in your farm. And if someone wants monthly flowers, and it's like more of a, a budget piece, they're still going to mm-hmm. come out and buy anyway. Mm-hmm. You know, so just make sure that on your email list. So anyway, so we do uh, biweekly and weekly subscriptions right now. We do our flower cart. We're open on Sundays from like nine to two right now because we're trying to still find that balance of like a social life and mm-hmm. you know social running our life. What's that? And then <laughs> what? But Shannon and I, I but you said it. Both of our that? heads turned like, <laughs> like when you talk to a dog. You're like, huh? Social life. <laughs> this is our well, social life, babe. Yeah, right here. Yeah, you're looking at it. This Kendra. is it. <laughs> Chris, 
Chris, Chris's family, especially, they're pretty social. Like they, they mm-hmm. love, and I love them. I love getting together with them, but it's just so hard in the summer, man. I feel like I say this all the time. I'm Tetrising my life together. Like when we, even when we were trying to to do this podcast, just trying to schedule that was just a nightmare. Oh my gosh. You know, we were just trying to fit it all Busy in. people. Yes. 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 So yeah. So we, we've, we sell out of our cart on the, on the weekends this spring, we're doing a lot more pop-ups. My goal is to get off the farm a lot this spring, mm-hmm. um, during sp- spring flower season and then be here pretty much in June. Mm-hmm. So we do you picks We're we're trying to expand our you picks this year, farm tours. We've done a few workshops too. And then we've done a few like small events like bridal showers, baby showers, those types of things. Um, so those are our biggest outlets. Can I give you a piece of advice that you didn't ask for? Yes. Okay. When you start to do pop-ups off the farm, you should track it financially. So I switched my accounting a couple of years ago because I wanted to see where I was making money if it was like on the farm versus like when I had to leave the farm. So that would be even like separating like florist orders and wholesale bouquets for us, but also meant like farmer's market and pop-up and workshops off the farm. I started looking at that. So that's – you're not – asking me that but I just would be I'd be curious Mm -hmm. to see like if you're making a lot of money and you're making it's profitable for you to be on the farm adding that other element I call it windshield time I used to when I did landscaping Mm -hmm. and there was mowing we always talked about like trying to get contracts close to each other so if they could get a street and they would have like five or six mowing jobs on one street that was less windshield time you know of labor cost and your time and the time to pack it up. So I always look at that from a farmer's market. So we opened up our, we're opening a farm stand, a a little store on our property in hopes that at some point we don't have to leave the farm. So that's kind of where we're like Mm -hmm. building that out. So just a, that's just a tip. I don't know, something to look at to see. It may work great. No, I agree with you. And I think that for us, the reason why we decided to do pop-ups because we're still getting our name out there. It's it's amazing. Absolutely. We've been here for four years, mm-hmm. and I kind of felt like I thought I'm thinking of our pop ups more under our marketing budget. For mm-hmm. sure, it's more about yeah, getting yes. our names and our faces out in yep. other local businesses and and finding our ideal customers there. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't really expect it to be incre- in, incredibly profitable. It's more about yeah. selecting emails. It can be. Right? So, it absolutely yeah. can be, though. And I mean, I just I just did a talk um, at this like local women's gr- group. There were like 50 women there. Two people knew who I was. I thought, what am I doing? Like that was that to me was like such an opportunity, yeah. you know, and that to me, though, encourages me. It doesn't disappoint me. I'm like, oh, my gosh, I just got to talk to 48 people that didn't know about me. Mm-hmm. And it does have me now like my customers. Yeah. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. even at Christmas time, you know, talking about like how many wreaths we sent out the door and I'm like, but mm-hmm. do you know how many doors are in this county? <laughs> you know, a lot. So yeah. that's, I think it's, I think you're looking at it exactly right. Like getting mm-hmm. out in front of new people and, you know, aligning yourself with maybe some businesses that kind of share similar, you know, yes. like I always say they're on brand for you. Mm-hmm. That's how we got into the West Virginia market to begin with because of the local garden center that we have an amazing relationship with. Yeah, I think that's super smart. I think that'll work out well for you. So I'm excited to hear about how that how that goes. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's such a you're right, it's an untapped customer base. And that's kind mm-hmm. of really what I'm looking at it as. So yeah, it's exciting. Absolutely. So uh, over the years, I guess, what would you say has been your biggest lesson? The one thing that helped you get to where you are now? 
Is it a resource or something that you've learned or something that you tell yourself? I know you said you did say put, put one, keep putting one foot in front of the other, just like do the next thing. But it sounds like you do have a lot of plans, like like far down the road plans too. So I guess what what would be the biggest lesson that you've had over the years? I feel like this is a good question, and I'm over here thinking about it a lot. <laughs> I guess for me, it was. I guess I guess there's a couple, and I think I've I've mm-hmm. really talked about this a little bit already, but don't get stuck just I mean I, I don't know how many farmers I've heard say just get it in the ground like mm-hmm. just don't get stuck just yeah, put it in the ground just get it in the tray mm-hmm. you know just send the email done is better than perfect mm-hmm. yes mm-hmm. done is better than perfect oh my mm-hmm. gosh mm-hmm. done is better than perfect yeah right mm-hmm. because how many times have I put off doing something a social media post a an email you know uh even opening our flower cart things like that scheduling an event Mm-hmm. What, you know, what if, what if, what if, no, just freaking get on the just calendar, mm-hmm. right? Just get yeah. on the calendar. Yeah. So, um, lean into the fear, I guess is probably mm-hmm. my, my biggest thing. It's not about not being afraid. It's not about waiting for you to not be afraid. It's about doing things scared. Mm-hmm. So be afraid, move forward anyway. Yeah. And don't worry about your ranunculus unless it's going to be below 28 degrees. <laughs> That's my other one. I don't know how much time I spent like agonizing my first two seasons like they're fine oh yeah Yeah. been there (laughs) yeah i talked with uh another a farmer friend of mine was over in cincinnati and we were kind of chatting about some crops and stuff she messaged me today and said my husband has me freaking out that i didn't cover peonies and she just needed like confirmation that i didn't yes you know that i didn't cover them i said no I did not cover yeah. them. I said, you can run them over with the tractor um, and they'd probably <laughs> still bloom. You know, I mean, it's not true, but like they're tough, you know, and she said, mm-hmm. okay. And I, at the same time, she texted and said, they'll probably bounce back like the tulips do. And I just wrote her and said, they'll be fine. They'll just bounce right back like tulips. And I was like, okay, we're good. It's like, we just, Aww. you have the fear, you know, we've all got these fears and they pop up and, you know, cause you've got a lot of heart and a lot of money and time invested in these things. Mm-hmm. So like, you know, we worry. I still text Shannon mm-hmm. about stuff. We I still mean, do. Still go like oh, yeah. every time, every time. Mm-hmm. But okay. So Kendra, for those of you, I know you've been in the insider since the beginning in February. So for some people who are listening to this and who might be on the fence about joining, what have been some of your biggest takeaways? How has it benefited you? Tell us a little bit about your experience and maybe give them a better idea about what they can expect on the inside. Yeah. No, uh, it's been great. Um, and I, I I don't know. When you guys had first put it out, I was like, oh, man. You know, I had invested in, in other courses before. And I don't know. Chris and I are pretty good about, you know, digging for information. So sometimes, like, it was helpful, but not super helpful. So your course was more – or your, your insider group is just – it was more than worth it. It was like – and at, my hesitation was like, you have so many – I have so many subscriptions. Maybe that's just mm-hmm. me. Sure. I was like one more we subscription. No, it yep. was a hundred percent, two hundred percent, three hundred percent worth it. I love that every single month it's a different topic and it's a targeted topic. It's something that like is very timely, um, something to be thinking about. I love that you guys have the extra content in there, like you know, because we run through all of our podcasts during the week, and then you know by Wednesday mm-hmm. I'm just like, all right, well, what do I listen to? And then I go onto your guys's page, and you guys have that extra bonus content, and you have those worksheets. I love that it's it's very driven. It really helps guide the process of building a business, running a farm, thinking through the things that you need to be thinking through that you don't necessarily even know you need to be thinking through Mm -hmm. and just holding you accountable and like keeping you on track. So 
that's been a really big benefit for me. And then, like I had already said earlier, I love not feeling isolated. You know, mm-hmm. that's just a huge piece, mm-hmm. not feeling alone, you know, so. Well, that's good. Love hearing yeah. that. Love hearing mm-hmm. that feedback yeah. for us. So tell everybody like how they can learn about your farm, how they can find you, all, all the things. Yeah, definitely. So our website is dogwoodfarmswi.com. Um, I feel really proud of the website. I redid it this winter. So you should go take a look at it because I nailed it. <laughs> um, so um, that's our website. Our Instagram is dogwoodfarmswi, um, so Wisconsin. And then our Facebook yeah, is To Dogwood clarify, Farms, Wisconsin, WI. folks, not Michigan. Yes, not Michigan. Not MI. I. I suppose they're kind of similar. Flip oh, yeah. them. Yeah, flip it. It could See? be flipped. Okay. Maybe I was it's reading fine. it upside down. Anyway, whatever. <laughs> nope. Oh, yeah, it's awesome. Yes, yes. Thank you, Kendra. It, I'm just now getting a chance to know you, and you truly are a doll, and I love seeing your contributions in The Insider, so thank you. Oh, yes. well, thank you. You so always much. have great. Yeah, you do have great things that you have mm-hmm. great things to share too, and good questions. You always ask very thoughtful, thoughtful questions, and those questions too, I think, help other people. Like that's that's part mm-hmm. of that's what part of this, and helps us with the insiders to kind of figure out what it is that you guys need to hear too. So yeah, we really appreciate it, and appreciate you giving us your time tonight too. And even though we know you're sick, so it's <laughs> I know, so well. I know, you did great. <laughs> Oh, well, we edited it out all those coughs. You're gonna listen to it, and you're gonna be like, "Where was the coughing?" Gone, folks. I, know, I was trying to mute. I was trying to mute myself. Uh, this is a commercial for Nyquil. Yes, <laughs> gotta get that sponsor. <laughs> but thank you, I appreciate yes. it. Okay, guys, hey. Thank you so much for joining us. If you really do love what you're hearing, the subscribe button. That way you'll get a little notification saying, hey, it's Friday and the new Dirt on Flowers episode is out. If you haven't joined us yet on the Dirt on Flowers Insiders group with us and Kendra and many, many others, our May membership is opening in just a few more days. So May 1st through the 5th, we open the doors. If you're new and haven't, got a chance to check out what's included in the membership, you can head over to our website, thedirtonflowers.com and check it out there. We're also going to be linking that in our show notes. We are talking all about the efficiency in May. So we've already recorded some really good things for that month. So I know you guys are going to love it. So efficiency is something that you want to see yourself get better at. Come over and join us just for a month. Test it out. I know that you will love it. Each month, we're digging deeper into our podcast episodes with other dirt bags. So we're learning and inspiring each other. So you join our waitlist over on our website, and then you will get a special notification right in your email inbox when doors open. So come over and stop over and say hello to us in Instagram at Dirt on Flowers. Leave us a comment. Send us a little message. Tell us what you want to hear more of. Okay, guys, thank you so much for being here. So many of you have reached out and said, hey, I love listening to you when I am harvesting, seed starting, making bouquets, and that truly is the biggest honor. So thank you guys so much. We'll see you at the same time, same place next week. 